0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman, together on the ESPN app, Sirius so XM Channel 80, and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio, presented by T- Progressive Insurance. Ten minutes away on that gap between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and both of those two about to have at it this weekend once again in Philadelphia. We're going to get to that in about ten minutes. But if you're the New York Jets, I guess he's going to be back when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. 11 weeks after having surgery, Aaron Rodgers cleared the practice. He was there today for the New York Jets. The Jets get their return of the match. Mark Morrison, take it away. He's going to be there, not just standing around Harry Douglas. (laughs) The New York Jets have 21 days to decide whether to activate him from injury reserve, That period expires on December 20th. That is four days before they face the Washington Commanders. By the by, that was the date. That was the game that he targeted for a return. I guess that's going to happen. That he actually may be back on a football field when no one thought that was possible. Four plays in when he ruptures Achilles, opening night versus Buffalo.
2: How is it possible, Freddie? (laughs) My mind is still twisted. About the whole scenario, about everything, about Aaron Rodgers being able to be out there at practice today in this cold weather. It's, ladies and gentlemen, up here in New York, right now. That hawk is outside. The hawk is the breeze mm-hmm. that 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 wind gushing through. Yeah. That
1: hawk is out there. I think the hawk brought people. They it brought did. company. It's not just a lone hawk, man. It's it's a, it's, it's it's a squadron. It's,
2: and I don't I don't know how he's not feeling it all in his Achilles because when you injure yourself and you go in cold weather, you instantly feel it, Freddie. But Aaron Rodgers, somehow, man, you got to give him a lot of credit for rehabbing and having that mindset that, you know what, I got to get back. Having that date in mind. And having that vision mm-hmm. and also you got to give a, a lot of credit to his physical therapist for you know going through this with him and having the mindset and knowing how to push him when to push him what not to do, what to mm-hmm. do yeah to the point of where this man is on the practice field right now I I'm on the airplane looking at this how is this possible man is the, is, is somebody like is the world ending
1: well, how is it possible well, as a jets fan, the world ends each and every year. Because they have hope, we have hope. And it comes crashing down. And it wasn't even twenty four hours ago on the Pat McAfee show that the aforementioned Mr. Returner to Mac himself, Aaron Rodgers, gave this as a clue that if I'm going to be back on the field this year. It's
0: always been first, am I healthy? And then, are we alive? Are we in it? Are we playing good enough to make a run? Can I step in and protect myself and play at the level of, that I feel like I'm capable of playing? But the first part is, is to help. So, can I protect myself? Can I move around the way I want to move around? We're not where I can make a decision on playing because I'm just, uh, health-wise, I'm, I'm improving steadily. But I'm not at ability to play at this point.
1: Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that he does not mind being on that white horse and saving the day. I'm going to be the guy to say that. I'm not questioning (laughs) if he wants to be back on the football field. I know he wants to be back out there. I know he wants to be around his teammates. I know he wants to be back in practice. I know he wants to be there, even if it's not to save the season, but just to show people, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm the Lizard King. I can overcome anything. It's always strategic with him. It, 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 it's it, always it's, it's strategic with Aaron cal- Rodgers. It's never not that and calculating. Yep. There's no reason for Aaron Rodgers, when you think about it, at his age, to risk a further injury. But if he believes, and he has that, Robert Sala acted like the school principal. If you're going to be absent from school, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to need a doctor's note. He said, if you're going to come back here and play, We're going to need to see a doctor's note. Well, apparently that doctor's note was enough for the Jets to open up a 21-day practice window to see exactly if he's going to be there by December 20th, four days before they face the Washington Commanders, when that Jet team who is a 4-17 right now still may have only four wins when that game rolls around, and then whatever decision will have to be made one way or the other.
2: And I think another thing you have to look at, you look at this Jets offensive line and how terrible they've been this season in protecting the quarterback. Right now, when you look at teams that have allowed the most sacks in the National Football League, you have the Giants right now who, who've who allowed 69, hell of a number too. Um, the Washington <laughs> Commanders who've allowed 55. And then third in the National Football League, you have – the New York Jets with allowing 47 sacks. That, that that's also has to be something that goes in Aaron Rodgers' mind. And also, I would say, Robert Sala, mm-hmm. Joe Douglas, mm-hmm. right? Woody Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like you, those are things you can't ignore. And I know mm-hmm. the excitement of, mm-hmm. of the possibility of him coming back, but, you know, you got to look at that offensive line, too.
1: Yeah. Is well, it worth it? Well, why not? Because the offensive line looked at people run past and they get to the quarterback. Mm. So they, they, they become a tourist attraction. Hey, that's an offensive line. <laughs> on that football team, I haven't seen that all year. That's why I think it would be criminal for the New York Jets to allow that guy, Aaron Rodgers, otherwise known as,
0: fine,
1: I'm fine. I'm fine. to get back on a football field with this team and that offensive line that has looked like that all year. Nevertheless, here on Freddie and Harry with Harry Duggs and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, at a press conference today. He was asked why the opening of that practice window now for you know
0: who. Why now? Is there a specific reason why today we're opening the window? Or is- he was cleared. So he was cleared for, like I said, when, once the doctors cleared him for the next step in his rehab. And look, we're, we're in a we're in a position uh, not to get too technical for everyone, but you're allowed a certain amount of IR designation to returns every year. And we're in a position where we've got a few extras, a few that we won't use at all. So it doesn't do anything to us roster wise. We don't have to cut anyone. We don't have to move anyone to the side. The technicality is he's either doing everything he. He's cleared for off to the side, as you guys know it, on field three. Or he's doing everything that he's cleared for with his teammates. So instead of throwing to a strength and conditioning coach, he can throw to his teammates. Whatever happens this year, he is going to be back in 2024 no matter what. Yeah, I'm we're under the impression that he'll be back in 24.
1: Even Robeson does not want to get too excited about this year. Smart by him too. Though. Completely smart. But it would be the opposite of smart if the New York Jets allow him to say, we're going to give him practice time. And let him get used to that offensive line that hasn't blocked anybody all year long and risk a potential further injury to a guy that's closer to 40 years of age. To me, that there are things that are dope. That would be a dope thing that's not <laughs> a good thing if the Jets allow that to happen. No matter what they see in the practice field, it's not worth it, especially if you're not even in any kind of contention for a playoff behind that lack of protection when it comes to that offensive line.
2: So right now on that offensive line, you have Connor McGovern, who's on IR. You have Vera Tucker, who's on IR. You got Makai Beckton who got banged up recently. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm chancing that. I, I, I just don't. I don't know how you, how you can. And it, but the the story sounds good, and, I, and I'm still over here in disbelief that he's actually out there on that practice field mm-hmm. with that helmet drapping, dropping back, throwing a football after having Achilles surgery mm-hmm. in September. Mm-hmm. That that still is blowing my mind. But, hey, uh, more power to the people because they did everything <laughs> they were supposed to do, and he did everything he was supposed to do.
1: He did, and... <laughs> May happen again when nobody thought that should even happen or was going to be possible with Aaron Rodgers, who has a 21 day practice window that the Jets had that time frame to decide whether to activate him from injury reserve, and he was actually at practice today, not just watching, but a little bit of a participation in the most Jetsian things. This is another chapter of the Jetsians when it comes to that <laughs> franchise in New York. He's Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at hdouglas83. I am Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Let's talk about dudes who are actually going to play and a massive game coming up this weekend. You got the Philadelphia Eagles. You got the San Francisco 49ers. The last time we left out two heroes, It was not good for the San Francisco 49ers. Not one but two quarterbacks were knocked out of the game when it comes to Brock Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. Now they're about to meet for the first time since then. Eagles are 10-1. and San Francisco 49ers, many people believe, despite their record being behind the Eagles, that they're among the best teams or maybe even the best team in the National Football League. It's modern football. Everybody will use a gap involving certain teams or certain divisions. In your mind, Harry Douglas, where is that perceived gap involving these two?
2: Um, I think it's narrow. It's narrow between these two teams. I give the edge right now to the San Francisco 40 – excuse me, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. But I will go out on a limb and I'll say this. I think the San Francisco 49ers is the second best team in the National Football League right now behind Philly.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, when I don't you disagree look at, with that. If you look at both of these teams, you look at the pass rushers, they have them. You look at the skill position players, both of them have them. I think the better offensive line is the Philadelphia Eagles – Um, you look at the quarterback position, this is very intriguing because you have a guy in Brock Purdy who I believe is the guy for that quarterback job and has played extremely well, even though a lot of people tried to throw him off of a cliff during the three-game slot. I never wavered when it came to Brock Purdy because it Mm -hmm. looked different under Kyle Shanahan more so than it has with any other quarterback he's coached. Right. But then when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and you have that guy Jalen Hurts who stepped up in every big game that they've played the last two years. I can't put them over the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I think in in this matchup, mm-hmm. I have to see San Francisco beat them. And I'll be honest with you, I am leaning towards San Fran in this matchup in this okay. game because I think at some point, right. you know, Philly, one of them is going to get dropped. Okay. Like one of these games. Okay. But I I really like what both of these teams are at the moment. And Philly has shown us that it doesn't have to look a certain way for us to be able to get a victory. And I think San Francisco has showed us, okay, we had a three-game slide, right. but we had people hurt. When we're full strength, we're a force to be reckoned with.
1: Well, Debo Samuel, one of those guys that's returned to the lineup. He called Eagles by James Bradbury trash earlier this year when he was on a no. podcast earlier this week. He was asked to follow up on that. He said, and I quote, I don't regret nothing. I say, end quote. There isn't much of a gap between these two teams. I know the Eagles are 10-1 with the best record in the NFL and the forty nines are 8-3. and But in modern football, that gap to me between these two teams is minuscule. You can say the same thing about in the AFC between the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Jaguars. That gap involving those three teams, it is minuscule. I'll say there's a little bit of a gap between those two and the Cowboys and the Lions. Those two teams are the same tier. The Eagles and Forty Nines are above them and there's a gap. But it's minuscule involving these two teams. But I will say this about this game. And I'm calling this got to see it weekend. I'm taking that phrase from Devin King, one of our producers, because anytime I mention Brock Purdy, I got to see more. I got to see more. So I'm going to call I got to see it this weekend. What, what, what does Dev say again? I got to see more. Uh, I need to see more. I need to see more, please. I need, I, I, I need to see more. I need to see more. So we're calling the got to see it this weekend. And it centers on one guy in this game, that guy's Brock Purdy. I agree. Because this is a litmus test for Brock Purdy. This, for me, is the most important game that Purdy, Brock Purdy has played in his NFL career. Because we didn't see it last year.
2: And his teammates putting the pressure on him. Because Debo said if we had our guy, the, the, the results would have been different.
1: I, I forgot about that. That's a really, really good point. Because, Debo put the pressure. Hey, mm-hmm. if we got our guy, it's going to be different. Well, mm-hmm. you got your guy. Well, you got your guy. Fully healthy, but playing at that level.
2: We know where and what time the game is set this
1: weekend. I want to see it. See, there's certain places that that I'll think about going to see a game and certain places that I don't want to go see a game. And I love the fans in Philadelphia. But going into that stadium, like, I don't know. They got some ruffians in that stadium. They don't play in that stadium. But if I could bypass that, I want to be in that building. Because Eagles fans, that city lives with games like this. And for the first time in a long time, it's a game not involving the Dallas Cowboys, a team that they cannot stand in that city. Now they got a new villain. They got a team that basically said, man, we know you guys are good, but if we had our man, if we had our Mac, it would have been a different deal in your building. And meanwhile, the Eagles are like, you realize that we, we not only beat you, we broke off arms, we broke off legs, we broke off your head, and now you're saying if you had one guy that that would have been different? By the way, Eagles' bills last week, over th- close to 31 million people watched that game. Lord have mercy. What is that number going to look like? Because it's bringing all the elements that you want. Eagles team on one side, 10 and one. People still questioning. 49ers team on the other side 8-3 and three. they still believe some people believe like you that may be better than the Eagles despite the record you got what happened in the NFC championship game where both quarterbacks got knocked out you still got that Purdy Brock Purdy story that's still there you got Jalen Hurts right now the leading candidate for an MVP and all of a sudden we have hate 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 involving both of these teams meeting together on a late window on the first Sunday in December where two teams that we might see again play for an NFC championship if Eagles build did close to $31 last Sunday, what number is that game going to be involving these two?
2: Well, I'm I'm glad that these two teams are playing each other because it's giving the people what they want. The people want to see the San Francisco 49ers with Purdy, Brock Purdy, Purdy, that is, (laughs) versus the Philadelphia Eagles, man. And I just hope this game lives up to the pregame hype. I really do. I want to see this thing go down to the end. Whoever has the football last.
1: It has that playoff vibe to it, doesn't it? It does. It does have that playoff vibe to it. But it
2: it, does. and them Philly fans, hey, man. San Francisco fans, let me tell y'all this: don't go in that way in your jersey. Yep. Like things might get ugly. And let me get look, PSA to Kyle Shanahan. Uh huh. If Hassan Reddick is on that edge rushing, (laughs) don't have none of your tight ends trying to block him this time. I just seen the Buffalo Bills try that with Gabe Davis. Mm -hmm. And Hassan Reddick wrecked the play, and next thing you know, the field goal got blocked. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't you do it. (laughs) Brock Purdy Arm says don't do it.
1: (laughs) Please don't do it, Coach. Harry, Doug, Freddie coming together. Freddie, Harry, and ESPN Radio. I I love when games like this will come down to the quarterbacks. They always do in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. But especially in this one, because we've seen Jalen Hurts do it time and time again on the road versus Kansas City. They had two games with the Washington Commanders where he had to make plays. And the Commanders aren't any good, but division games are always, always difficult. They just take on a special atmosphere. They take on a special environment. What he did last week, winning that game with his legs in overtime, because he was not good in the first half. Josh Allen was, other than that one pick, that the, the robber play that you called it, where they made the interception and the play he misgave Davis, where Davis goes to the left and the ball goes down the middle. Other than that, Josh Allen was fantastic in that ball game. Nope. And yet, when they needed it down the stretch, a guy like Jalen Hurts was able to do what he normally does. For Brock Purdy on Gotta See It weekend, because Devin Kane, I produce, needs to see more. Brock Purdy has to be that guy. It can't just be about being a complimentary piece. He's got to be the dude. It can't be Christian McCaffrey. can't be Debo Samuel. can't be George Kittle. can't be Brandon Ayuk. It has to be Brock Purdy in this game because Philadelphia is going to say, we got to see it if you can beat us. We're not going to let McCaffrey do it. We're not going to let other guys do it. We know our guy can beat your defense. We believe our guy can beat your defense of Jalen Hurts. We got to see it, Brock Purdy. We want to see that, all right, they said you were the guy, that they had you. It would have been a totally different circumstance, in NFC Championship game. As my dad, Freddie Cohen Jr., says, all right, we're going to find out on Sunday <laughs> if that's going to be the case. <laughs> if they said that Brock Purdy was the reason, him not being there was why they didn't win, well, that's why it's a litmus test game involving Purdy, Brock Purdy for San Francisco.
2: Now, I'm going to say this for Philadelphia side. I need to know. The health of Lane Johnson. And that's very important in this ball game because, you know, the San Francisco 49ers made a trade for a guy named Chase Young. Mm-hmm. And a guy who normally lines up on their left side of the football field is Nick Bosa, who won defensive player of the year last year. So I, I need to know what's the health status of Lane Johnson. Is he going to be out there? Is he going to be uh, uh, healthy enough mm-hmm. to, to stay out there throughout a whole game? Because that's very important in this matchup, in my
1: opinion. Yeah. By the way, the, the guy you mentioned, Chase Young, and also Randy Gregory, they brought those guys in not just for the NFC West. They brought those guys in for Sunday. Oh, yeah. They brought those two in for Sunday. They're like, look, we need somebody else where if you take away Bolsa, and by the way, they also got a guy who used to play in Philadelphia last year. Javon Hargraves. Year and Javon Hargraves. Welcome home. Right. They made those moves not for Seattle, not for the Rams, not for the Cardinals and NFC West. They made those three moves for those guys in green in Philadelphia and comes to the Eagles. And we'll see if that is going to bear fruit when Sunday rolls around at 425 Eastern Time in Philadelphia. I can't
2: remember the movie, but it goes something like
1: this. Release the homes. Release the homes. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a British royalty. Re- release them. I want to see these pass rushers get busy. Well, So do they. And the Eagles offensive line will say, all right, we We here. We here. We're here. They're not going anywhere.
0: I'm Damn. here. <laughs> I'm here.
1: For those who missed yesterday, that's Patrick Mahomes impersonation. I'm here. Because he does sound like Kermit the Frog, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. <laughs> and FOS, a friend of the show, is going to stop by and talk about two different things. Number one, of course, Eagles taking on the 49ers this weekend. And number two, who really deserves the credit? How Dak Prescott has played pretty much all year side of the same single 49ers game at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Keep it here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
2: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on
1: ESPN Radio. It is the Wednesday group thon known as Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80 and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're calling this weekend International Football League weekend. Gotta see it weekend. When you think about it, we could attach that. To college football and championship weekend that happens starting on Friday where we got the Pac-12 championship game. Then on Saturday, you got the ACC, you got the SEC, you got the Big Ten, you got all those championship games happening this weekend. I can't wait to see exactly how things are going to shake out by Sunday in college football when we get the final reveal of the rankings, and then Monday when you got the Eagles 49ers game, and a lot of people are going to be having a lot of attention on that, as we like to call it, got to see a weekend this weekend, Harry, when it comes to the NFL and also college football.
2: Yeah, yeah, very exciting. I think the game I'm looking forward to, college football first, mm-hmm. will be the SEC Championship because I believe that will determine a lot of things and how people are ranked moving forward for the college football playoffs. Right. Secondly, when it comes to the National Football League, I'm looking at the 49ers-Eagles game, but yeah. also Sunday night. The Chiefs go to go, go visit the Green the Packers. Bay Packers. Yes, Because the Packers are not out of anything right now.
1: Yeah, no doubt they about that. They can
2: still make the playoffs. And what i seen from them on Thanksgiving Day versus the Detroit Lions – I'm enticed. I want to see more.
1: Yeah, we're going to see exactly and hear about that when it comes to Lewis Riddick. Does a great job as an ESPN NFL front office insider and also color analyst for college football. Does a great job on Twitter. L Riddick, ESPN, joining us here on Freddy and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Wilson will start that game on Sunday between the 49ers and the Eagles. <laughs> Debo Samuel said, "Man, if we had our guy Brock Purdy quarterback, it'd have been a different story." I believe because of that, and that he wasn't there last year that this is a litmus test kind of game for Purdy, Brock Purdy. Lewis, what say you?
4: Yeah, of course it is. I mean, these are the two heavyweights. Not only in the NFC, but maybe in the league overall. You know, depending upon who you ask, depending upon what fan base you're talking to. But <laughs> yeah, it, it it is a litmus test for Brock. Um, because of all the intriguing matchups, um, Philadelphia's pass rush against, the 49ers' pass protection, Philadelphia's second-level and third-level players against arguably one of the best set of skilled players in the NFL when you're talking about running back tight end wide receivers, downfield threats, intermediate threats, tight end that can stretch. I mean, they've got it all. The matchups are just too plentiful to even mention. So, And then for Brock, you know, it'll be about – How are you going to be in the tight game? How are you going to be in the fourth quarter? How are you going to be when money's on the line? Because it probably will be at some point. This isn't going to be a runaway. You're not going to be able to just sit and pick pick a team apart in the fourth quarter. How are you going to play when the money's on the line? You know, people are going to point to the fact that statistics say that you struggled when your team has been behind in the fourth quarter, although I think that's an anomaly, especially when you look at how he has actually performed in those three games, week six, seven, and eight, when the team was behind. All, every bad throw had a story, and it wasn't just because you know Brock's shrinking or anything like that. It's just because there were there were some bad decisions made, teachable moments that I think he'll be fine when he uh, when he faces them again. So, yeah this this is why you this is why you clear your schedule mm-hmm. and you don't have anything else going on when it comes time for these two teams to kick off because this has just storylines galore, man. Lewis, I got to ask
2: you this about the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, Brian Johnson, because he's growing on me more and more each week because of, number one, the halftime adjustments and the play calls and being able to put his players in the best positions possible to be successful going into this football game versus the 49ers. uh, Seeing what he's been able to do the last few weeks, do you have even that much more confidence in him in a game like this?
4: Yeah, Aaron, you you know how – how that goes. Look, I mean, he has, uh, he has some great players with which to work with. And, you know, he doesn't have, it, everything doesn't have to be perfect on his end in order for things to turn out well uh, on the field and on the scoreboard. And that's not taking anything away from him. So, and look, Brian has been there. He He's coached Jalen. So, and he's been with Nick. So he, he kind of knows how they roll and how, and how things are going to go. And, you know how much do we know? Sometimes, and and, and, I, and this is this is what always intrigues me because I know we've both been there, and sometimes people overblow a lot of this crap. But when people say you know halftime adjustments, this coach is doing this, and they're not making adjustments. It's like well, half the time when people say this, like you have no clue whether or not they made an adjustment or not. You have no clue. That's just typical speak that we're not making any adjustments. Well, you know, and then when when a team plays better, well, we made a lot of adjust. No, sometimes it's just about you know, it's a game of inches, right? It's a game of inches at the highest level in terms of leverage, pad level, footwork, timing, all that stuff that really has nothing to do with a coach making an adjustment. It has to do with you making an adjustment, maybe. And so, you know, the coaching staff here was always going to be, something that was going to be at the forefront of everyone's mind, especially that they had two new coordinators. And now all of a sudden, you know, when the defense is starting to play well, people are like, oh, Sean Desai. Sean Desai making a adjust- – Sean Desai is a damn good coach and has always been. But, yeah, these guys needed to get familiar with their players, find out what they like the most so they can make some timely calls for them and put them in position to succeed, as you said. But I think right now nothing surprises me as far as how well this team is starting to click and gel, and be, and because just like it's it's new for these these coordinators, like every year, Harry, you know this. Every year is new, even if you're playing with the same guys. Guys mm-hmm. don't always play the same from year to year. Guys don't play the same from week to week, let alone play to play. Right. Because guys have lives, and guys don't always have their head screwed on straight, and their timing isn't always right, and their and their technique and leverage isn't always. Right. It's so damn nuanced that when I see unevenness from team to team, from game to game, drive to drive. You know what? A lot of times, like, like now, the more I watch the game and you know, the deeper I try to study the game, you got to allow for the human element, man. Like, these, these dudes aren't going to just be, they're not your Madden team. You know, it ain't going to be where <laughs> they call the play and they better execute it exactly like I said. Otherwise, fire the coach, trade the player, this team sucks, I'm moving on, I'm taking my fandom to the next team. It's just like, calm down. Like, it's not They're not robots. Philly's doing exactly what you knew they were going to do at this point. The usual suspects are there, and they're going to be there in the end, and it's going to be glorious. And until other teams are able to step up, be able to raise their level in terms of the people they can put on the field and the consistency with which they play, we're going to be talking about the same teams. Philly, Dallas, San Fran, Detroit. That's who we're going to be talking about. So, I'm just glad we get to see this one this week.
1: No doubt about that. Four twenty-five Eastern time. That game on Fox. He is Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider, and also college football analyst. Hit him on Twitter, L Riddick, ESPN on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. You mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott's been playing at an out of mind level. Really, since the San Francisco Forty Nines ers debacle that involved him and his mm-hmm. football team. What have you been able to see? When you say to yourself, "That's why this is flipped like this for Dak Prescott."
4: You know, I, I I read some comments, and actually I caught some of the video of Aaron Rodgers talking about Dak and how Dak is one of his favorite players to watch right now. He said because of the command, the flow, the rhythm, the confidence that he has from the time he jogs off the sideline into the huddle – talking to the guys in the huddle, get, walks up to the line of scrimmage, identifying what the defense is doing, making the adjustments that the offense needs to make, varying snap counts, changing protection, changing plays, killing plays, keeping plays on. Like, the whole thing is Dak's show now. And he's doing it so consistently. And when you hear another quarterback, like quarterbacks, you hear quarterbacks talk about, you know, other quarterbacks, in when they talk about them in glowing terms, mm-hmm. in terms of, like their operational procedure, you know that they recognize it when they see it like, okay, damn, that that dude's on it right now. And you have to give Dak credit. I don't care who he's playing against. I'm just telling you, like, there's a standard in terms of how you operate, whether it's an 0-17 team or a 17-0 team. There's a standard by which you are. And Dak is operating at a standard right now that's befitting of being the number two rated passer in, in all of football. He's operating out of standard, and you got to give him credit. You got to give offensive line credit. You got to give Mike McCarthy credit for getting Brandon Cooks and CD and and Tony and all these dudes. That they're hitting right now, man, and and it's beautiful to watch. It's the kind of synchronization that you want an offense to be playing with. Again, regardless of who they're playing against, and so he's on it. Dak is Dak is playing right now as good as any quarterback. In the league now, I know people are going to say, "I don't care. I don't care until they get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't care." Well, that's cool. That's your choice. That still doesn't uh, dismiss the fact that he has developed a chemistry with Mike in terms of philosophically how they're trying to attack, and then operationally how he's going to go out and do it in a way that's it's just pretty damn cool because he's so cool and calm with it, with how he's doing. Just like I mean, just like Brock is. Right. Just like Patrick has been for years. Just like Joe Burrow is when he's healthy. Just like Lamar seems to look, you know, in, in the offense down there in Baltimore. These dudes are on a different level. They're on a different level, man. And it's it's fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy for him in particular.
1: Mm. Hey, Lewis, we always appreciate the time, always appreciate the knowledge, and also the honesty as well. Can't wait to talk to you next week, my friend. Have a great weekend, and thanks a lot.
4: Of course, guys. Thanks.
1: Oh, great stuff by Lewis Riddick, ESPN, NFL front office insider, and also – college football analysts as well as NFL analysts hit him on Twitter. L Riddick ESPN. He joined us here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. And now I'm about to be surrounded Uh-oh. by Falcons. Although in this case, well, half is not a bad thing. The other half, I'm not too sure about. We're going to talk about the 5-6, first place Atlanta Falcons in the AFC. You just say first place, all that 5-6. and six. Okay, you're right. The first place 5-6 and six, Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South. One of their own will join us next on Freddie South and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: This is the
1: Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. He is Harry Duggs. I'm Freddie Cohen and the Wednesday groove with our known as Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. SiriusXM so and Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Sometimes the show just writes itself when it comes to the music we provide at five and six. Talk about a lucky team. You're Atlanta Falcons in first place in the NFC. And I said it, I'll say it again. South. S O U F, not S O U T H, (laughs) S O U F. When your first place teams are one game below 500, you don't get the whole word. You get S O U F South involving the Falcons. You
2: know, I talked to my mother before I came on the show, and she told me, you know, the devil comes in different forms. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy.
1: Christine Leece just stood up out of her seat on Sports and Anger. I'm sorry, what did he just say? <laughs> She's laughing out She's, loud. The
2: devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I will not let the devil destroy the first place Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South. That's
1: right good now. on you because I think the NFL will do it for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, uh huh. My birds,
1: yeah, your boys.
2: They travel up to New York.
1: Yeah, that's Jersey, whatever you want to call it, it's New Jersey MetLife Stadium. In you know New what Jersey. I
2: mean? And, yeah. and, and they face off this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's the Freddie and Harry Bowl. It's the first bowl game of the season. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I have no confidence in my team at all.
2: And look, um, I'll tell you this: these these two teams two years ago had a joint practice, okay, um, up there at the Jets practice facility. Yeah, and there was a little friction up there, Freddie. I was I was up there for those practices. It was a little friction. So I know both these teams probably can't wait for this matchup.
1: My question is how much were you instigating a little bit once that got started? I was a
2: bystander. I was a oh, bystander. I was up there just watching. Uh-huh. The two teams practice, you okay. know. You, everybody knows man I'm, I'm 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 very close to the Falcons organization. Arthur Smith man is one of my close friends. So,
1: you know, I I was up there just watching. Okay. I noticed you didn't say an innocent bystander. <laughs> See no, de- Devin Kane and Samuel Prince. I got people, witnesses now You notice when I said You didn't say innocent bystand All you could do is just chuckle
2: And it was the year that I did the the coaching internship With the Falcons But I didn't
1: uh-huh.
2: During training camp I had stopped it Because I was doing so much stuff um, okay. With the company here at ESPN So okay. listen man I'm looking forward to this matchup And this is an opportunity for the Falcons To continue to have their lead in the NFC South when you look at the division, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what they weren't able to do this past weekend. Mm-hmm. You look at the New Orleans Saints losing to the Atlanta Falcons last weekend. Actually, they have the Detroit Lions this weekend. And I'll say yeah. in that matchup, both of those teams are in, I, I I feel like, in a in a position where they both need that victory and need that win.
1: Well, part of that's got to see a weekend. And I think that's where your Falcons fall. Yep. That's I, I'm tired of trying to see it from the Saints. I've given up on that. With the kind of talent that they have, you know what? If they win it, they win it. They don't, they don't. But that team should be a lot better than 5-6. and six. That, that, to me right now, has the talent of an 8-9 win team, and they're playing 5-6 and six football. They get what they deserve as far as that. But if you're the Atlanta Falcons, you got a chance with the kind of young talent that you have. You look at that team when you got a B. John Robinson, you got Algier, you got a one-two-headed monster, at the running back position.
2: Uh-uh, uh Freddie, they got a three-headed monster. Who's the third one? Uh, Cordell Patterson. Listen, well, I, he,
1: he's a Swiss Army now, so that, yeah, I that, get it.
2: That film I watched this weekend of them against the Saints; those three running backs left their imprint on mm-hmm. that football game. Mm-hmm. That offensive line was so dominant versus the defensive line of the New Orleans Saints. Okay, like they rushed for over two hundred yards. They they really played some good football. And Desmond Ritter, he had two interceptions, but one of them I will put on Bijan. You got to keep coming across the field, okay? Right, you can't stop. And the other one was miscommunication between. You know him and the receiver, I thought Desmond Ritter did a great job of when things weren't there, utilizing his legs and just going and making a play, picking up first down, positive positive yardage.
1: The one thing your team has that my team doesn't when it comes to the Jets is hope. They're trying to find any kind of hope when it comes to maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to come back or not come back this year. The reports are out there that the Jets are giving him a 21-day window in terms of when they're going to activate him maybe to the active roster, but the Atlanta Falcons, that's a Jets problem. That's not their problem. We bring in Jesse Bates third, the Atlanta Falcons' safety, one of the best safeties in the league. Hit him on Twitter, JIB3, as in three eyes three. He joins him Freddie and Harry, on ESPN Radio. Jesse, you become one of the leaders of this team. What has it been like using that leadership and having that leadership when your team is in first place, but they've gone through some up and downs this season?
5: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just making sure we continue to preach the right things, make sure we come in and work, you know, week in and week out, uh, especially getting towards the end of the season, you know, things can get a little repetitive, uh, but like the great teams, the, the good teams that I've been around, they always find a way to get better and be intentional, um, you know, with every day that we got in the building. So uh, that's that's really the main goal. The leader's got to step up and teach some of the young guys that haven't been there before uh, how it's done. So, um, that's the process of going about it. JB, what's up, baby? Yo, what up, Harry? You doing good,
2: <laughs> man? Good to talk to you, man. Hey, Listen, man.
5: Oh, I, I'm great, man. Y-
2: your instincts, man, on the football field. I, I think you you were one of the best free agent signings across the National Football League this year. You and and, and Ellis that came from you know New Orleans, playing sh- extremely well at the linebacker position. Man, talk me through the adjustment period coming from Cincinnati to Atlanta.
5: Yeah, you know, uh, just that transition of being in a new building uh, can sometimes be tricky. Uh, but just, you know, having those guys coming in with me, uh, like Caden and David, you know, Calais, it, it, it kind of made it easier, honestly. Um, just, you know, the roles, obviously, your, your roles kind of change on different type of teams. So just um, identifying what, what where was needed, what was needed. Um, and that's just, you know, communicating with my boys just like every day um, on the field, off the field. I think the biggest thing is uh, we're able to talk, you know, talk ball with amongst each other with Caden. I mean, Caden's been part of really good defenses. I've been a part of really good defenses. Uh, so football doesn't change no matter where you where you are. It's just more so of you know, the details and the techniques that are being taught. So, um, you know, it's it's good having the teammates that I have uh, making that transition a little bit more easier for me uh, this year.
2: Last one I got for you, we got about 30-35 seconds. What do you think of the young talent on the roster? Bijan, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Ajir, Drake mm-hmm. London. What do you think of those guys and how they're progressing in the National Football League?
5: Yeah, I mean, if you if if you look at around the league, I mean, you see all the young guys that's being drafted. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are skilled players. Uh, you gotta have, you know, good skill to go out there and uh, be su- successful in this league, um, and I think that uh, a lot of people don't see it. But we, we're pretty young still on, on paper. Uh, you look around the skilled guys; a lot of young guys that have you know a lot of talent, um, and a lot of people are are, are humble. Uh, I, I talk about Bijan all the time. That's the one of the most humble dudes um, that I've ever met. And you know to see him, you know, work every day uh, is, is you know really good to see uh, from a young guy. Like I said, so. You know, just continue to teach those guys uh, you know, the, the the game and the experiences uh, that this game teaches you uh, throughout the year. So it's a, it's a great, great group that we got. Um, just got to keep building.
1: And he can teach how to take an end zone all the way to the end zone, 92 yards and end it up for a touchdown. <laughs> so he can definitely teach them that as well. Hey, Jesse, great stuff, my friend. Good luck this week and take on the New York Jets. And thanks for joining us. i Freddie and Harry. <laughs>
5: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesse Bates, the third Atlanta Falcon safety joining us here. And he's not going to be part of the lower five when it comes to five words of the weekend. Who makes that list? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.